0: Hello, everybody. Good morning. Great to see you. I'm just so honored and privileged to be able to speak to you this morning. And uh, here in the UK, arrived at the end of June, just got a few weeks here. So um, just so glad to be with you. I feel so privileged to serve God in Brazil. Um, He called me uh, to Brazil in 1993 and I went in 1999. I've been there 24 years, and uh, I remember when he called me, uh, I was so sure that God was saying go to Brazil, but at the same time, I really wanted confirmation. I'm a bit of a Gideon, you know, so I really wanted him to confirm that he had called me. So I said, Lord, just show me really clearly it's Brazil. I don't want to go and dedicate my life to a nation if that's not the one, you know, if it's meant to be Afghanistan or China or France. Just show me it's Brazil. So I was walking along the street and I was praying and I said, Lord, write it in the clouds. Cali, go to Brazil. So I stood watching the clouds for a few moments and nothing. Went into a shop, came out. On the other side of the road was a skip, you know, where people throw their rubbish. And it was yellow and there was one word written on the side of the skip in big red letters, Brazil. And it was written in Portuguese. It was written with an S. It wasn't written with a Z. And I just, I, I just looked and I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you for confirming that. And you know what's interesting and really moves me is that today I work with the rubbish of society. The Brazilian society look at the boys that I work with as absolutely hopeless. There is no way they're gonna be transformed. They've been in crime since the age of 10. Their stories are tragic and they're just rubbish. But God gave me a skip and that's where people throw rubbish and that's the way that he confirmed to me. This necklace that I'm wearing is actually made of used coffee capsules. And isn't it wonderful when somebody takes something that's rubbish and make something absolutely beautiful out of it. And that's the privilege that I have of working with the boys in the prisons in Sao Paulo. We have a girls' unit on our waiting list as well, and soon, hopefully, we'll be working with them. That boy at the end of the video, his name is Tawan, and I met him in the youth prison. He had been imprisoned various times, and he was one that was considered hopeless. His behavior was so bad, he was actually put in solitary confinement for up to 40 days eight times. And so he was a big problem, and he came to take part in our project, and he learnt to go into contact with all the the baggage and all the stuff that he was um, trying to deal with, which made him such an angry young man. And his life was transformed. Uh, He left the youth prison, he's now a professional barber. And he works in quite a chic hair salon in São Paulo, And I, I go and visit him and have coffee with him. And he literally sits and weeps in front of me. And he says to me, Callie, without you and the Eagle Project, I would be dead or in prison. And he knows that with absolute certainty. And he's become one of our team. So he comes with us uh, on his days off. And we take him to the youth prison with it, with us. And he does talks to the boys. Now, the boys love me. And, you know, I'm a sort of... Middle-aged lady, a foreigner, so they, you know, they respect me. But imagine Taiwan going in and saying. I've been where you've been. I understand. And look, it really is possible. So he does his talk for the whole unit. And then we separate our group off and have a special time just with them and him. And I say to them, look at Tawan. He's been out of the prison for six years. He's doing really, really well. Can you imagine yourself in six years coming back here and giving talks to the boys? Who wants to have... A, a feel of what it feels like to swap places with An. So they get up one by one and they go and sit in An's seat. And they say things like, oh, well, I just want to say uh, my name's and I'm 24, and I'm a geography teacher, and I just want you to know that it really is possible to change. I was sitting exactly where you were. I didn't think I could change, but the Eagle Project really helped me, and now my life's different. I'm married. I've got a kid, you know, and they they actually feel that's what the psychodrama is, to be able to put yourself in someone else's shoes so they can feel what they actually would be able to bring to a group of boys in the future to tell their story, and that's just so exciting. Uh, when I when I got to England uh, the first week, I, I received one of the most amazing emails I've ever received. It was from a director of one of the units that we don't work in yet, and she asked if we would put them on their waiting list, on our waiting list. And she said, "Callie, we admire the project so much. She said, I just want you to know the boys are asking for you. They've heard about the project and they realise that it could be their only chance." And I can't explain to you in words the miracle that that is, because I know these type of boys. They don't want to do anything. They don't want to do courses. They don't want to do school. They don't want to do absolutely anything. But they're asking for our project, and that really, really excites me. So I'm just so blessed and privileged to be part of the transformation of their lives. I'm here in the UK, as Tony said, to... um, Talk about the project, but also to launch my new book, *A Love That Can't Be Contained*, which, by um, coincidence, has a foreword written by the very reverend Tony Miles. <laughs> um, and you know, when I uh, when I thought about writing this book, it's based on those verses um, from John about Mary taking that vase of perfume and, and pouring out that perfume all over Jesus and you know the reaction was what a waste what a waste you know you could have used that perfume for something else and why did she do that was it because she loved Jesus so much I mean he did raise her brother Lazarus from the dead Yes, she was she was being radical at that moment. She was she was doing something so sacrificial. She didn't just drop a little bit of perfume on his head. She didn't pour out a part of the the vase. She gave she broke it. There was no going back. It was everything. It was radical. But maybe it wasn't just because of her love, but because she knew the love of Jesus and she understood that Jesus is worthy. He is worthy of our all. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our lives. He is worthy of our gifts and our talents and our money and our energy. He is worthy. And when I heard that story, I was a quite new Christian, I just thought, yeah, I want to I waste my life on Jesus. That's what he deserves. And so, for all these years, I've been wasting my life on Jesus with the poorest of the poor in Sao Paulo. And um, just so, so grateful for the opportunities that I've been given. My books are just full of stories of miracles and answers to prayer and just incredible things that God has done. But I was thinking about other stories in the Bible which are about sacrifice and surrender too, and um, going back to the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. You know, it was radical too that Jesus chose a Samaritan to be the person that helped. The Samaritans were the hated, hated race. People who had to travel, they would go the long way around to avoid Samaria because they didn't want to meet the Samaritans. They were just the lowest of the low, like the boys I work with. And yet Jesus chose the Samaritan to be the one that showed love to his neighbor. You know, the thing I love about the word of God is that you can read it over and over again and and God will just sort of like show something new. And I was reading it recently and I was really struck by the fact that when that Samaritan decided to take the man who'd been beaten to the next town, he put him on his donkey, which meant that he had to walk and not ride that was a sacrifice. It must have been difficult, that terrain. It must have been a rough road and maybe his shoes or sandals weren't very adequate. But he had to walk alongside that person that he was helping. And you know, that's what God calls us to do when we make sacrifice to step out and help someone. Uh, There are people in all of our lives, I know, that need to be carried we need to walk alongside them and, and bear their burdens with them. And, you know, Jesus, when when he, when he comes in, in this nation, and he's coming, isn't he? He's not going to come descending through a little cloud that comes down into this church, whatever. He comes through us. Yeah, we are his feet. We are his hands. We are his eyes. We are the hugs, yeah? We are the ones that need to walk and not ride, and our lives have become so busy, haven't they? We just rush around all the time, and we need to stop a little bit, slow down, and walk, not ride. Another another amazing story is the one about the feeding of the five thousand. And uh, I was reflecting on how that little boy, you know, he went out for the day must have got up that morning and said to his mummy, oh, mum, I'm going out fishing with my mates. Could you give me a packed lunch? And so she gave him two fish and five loaves. And he went out, and then he came upon this multitude of 5,000 people, and they were hungry. And the disciples asked him for his lunch. And he didn't just say, oh, yeah, I'll just break off a little bit of bread you can have. No, he gave it all. And when he gave it, he must have thought, well, hold on a minute. I mean, that's not going to feed many, is it? (laughs) My little bit of fish and loaves. But he gave. He gave what he had, and Jesus did the miracle. I don't know about you, but that's how I want to live. I want to be part of the miracle. I want to be the answer for Jesus here on this earth. I want to be the answer to someone's prayer. I have a wonderful story, and I always tell it about when I was working in uh, the slums of Sao Paulo in one particular area, and I went to take three food parcels, and I gave them to the families, and then I was on my way out, and a very, very small, very thin, very old lady stopped me in my path. She said, could I just have a word? I said, yeah, of course. So she took me into her shack, and it was one of the poorest places I've ever seen in my life, just a dust floor and hardly anything. She said, I was just wondering, could you give me a food parcel? Because I don't have anything to eat. And I said, oh, I've just given my last food parcel away. She opened the food cupboard, there was nothing. She opened the fridge, there was half a packet of coffee. And I thought to myself, what can I do to help this lady? I said, well, there's a supermarket up the road. Let's make a list and I'll go and buy you some things that you need. So I went and bought the stuff, came back with some carrier bags. And when I arrived, I thought, well, I want to tell her about Jesus. Only she was so small, I didn't want to tower over her. So I knelt down and I took her hands. I looked into her eyes and I said to her, do you know Jesus? And she said, oh, yes. This morning I prayed and I asked God to send a servant to help me. And he sent you. <laughs> and I just I just hugged her and she hugged me. And just as we were together in that embrace, I just thanked God and I said, Thank you, Lord, that I'm just so small, but yet I can be. The answer to somebody's prayer that you called me to Brazil so that I was here right at this moment, right at this exactly right moment to be the answer to this dear lady's prayer. And you know, I was was listening to a song the other day and a line really, really leapt out at me because it said about God rearranging our destiny. And that's what he does, isn't it? when we come to know him he rearranges our destiny my life was completely different i was going in a completely different direction when i met jesus i was an absolute mess and he rearranged my destiny and now i have the privilege of being part of of god rearranging the destinies of of young men in sao paulo who are just completely lost and just to be so privileged to be a part of that rearrangement is just so amazing. But that's for all of us, isn't it? It's not just for um, whoever goes abroad to another nation to be a missionary. Uh, we only have to open our front door, don't we? And people are there that need us, that, that need to know Jesus. It might be our neighbors, our work colleagues, our friends, the person at the bus stop, the people that God puts in our, in our path on a daily basis. It's just so exciting to be part of God's plan for this earth. Um, if you ever think your life's boring, my encouragement to you is just pray. Pray just wake up in the morning, say, Jesus, what are we going to do today? Let's have an adventure and I can guarantee your life won't be boring. (laughs) So I'll end now because I'm very obedient and I don't go over time. So um, I just want to share quickly. So this is the autobiography. I love that can't be... um. Dancing with Thieves, and um, this is actually going to be made into a cinema film, which is absolutely amazing, Um, so if you like to read the book of the film before the film, then I suggest you you read it. Um, You can give this one to anybody, you can give it as a present, it's not religious, it's not got religious language, it's just something children read as well, and are getting called to missions, so um, feel free with that one, and then this one is for you, this one is for Christians, for people that love Jesus and just want to share his love, uh, that love that is in you that can't be contained, that just overflows into the world around you. It also has questions at the end of each chapter, so it can be used by groups uh, as well as individuals, and it has a QR code, so you can click on the QR code and watch a short video by me and also hear the song that I wrote and was able to record um, based on the theme of this book. So I'll be downstairs, it's downstairs, isn't it? Yeah, Uh, in the coffee room. I'd love to meet you, give you a Brazilian hug, autograph the books for you. And um, also I have a list Uh, on the table which if you would like to receive my prayer messages um, I write a prayer message either every week or every fortnight and if you would like to pray for me for my family for the work um, then please sign up and you'll be put on the list for the the next one due out okay god bless you thank you so much